I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Always a pleasure to be with you on the EIB Network, the Rush Limbaugh Show. I'm your guide today. Oh, I, I, we have these... We get these plans, you know, how to approach the show, so much to talk about, and then this this uh, shooting that took place yesterday, actually a killing. I don't like it when people call the guy a shooter, but if you missed it, we'll bring you up to date now. Sadly, another person has died. So uh, basically what happened yesterday, we had a 57-year-old white man who killed nine people and then took his own life. And in the last 24 hours, we found out more about this tragedy at the San Jose Transit Yard, the Valley Transportation Authority, or the VTA. He was employed there. His ex-wife, and they've been divorced since 2005, but she was married to him for about 10 years. Uh, The first thing I look for, and and we're not going to dwell on this because I want to reflect on uh, Mr. Biden's comments, which are typical leftist hack comments out of touch with most American people in reality. And we'll talk about that. The Democrats rarely let a gun incident go for more than 20 minutes before they weigh in on it and say we need to get rid of the guns. But his ex-wife said he had talked about killing people at work. And again, uh, so this is one of those weird Situations that when you go back and you look at the backgrounds of killers, and again, this man is a killer, not a shooter. He's not one who shoots. He's one who kills. There's a difference. We need to draw a line in the sand and talk about these things openly and factually and not let the news media, who hates guns, 
Many are not fans of we the people. Many have a chip on their shoulder about the founding fathers and the Constitution. We cannot, we can no longer let the news media control the conversation about our Second Amendment right, which shall never be infringed. And I know it's very politically incorrect to talk about your gun rights and my gun rights after another horrible mass shooting. But I look at things from a different angle as a pro-gun person, as a pro-Second Amendment person, as someone who legally carries to defend myself and my family. I look at it like, I wonder if anybody in there had a gun. I wonder if someone in there could have taken cover and returned fire. That's the first thing I say. Now, I know if you're anti-gun, I can't read your mind, but I know the media, the first thing they say is, We've got to get rid of, and then they put out a list of guns. And to me, that's always been the wrong approach. And it's very interesting. Something the news media has not been covering lately is more and more states are going toward unrestricted or permitless carry. There's over 20 at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. I'm aware of a few already, you know, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Idaho, uh, Vermont, West Virginia. I just saw a press release that Michigan is also thinking about constitutional carry. Now, there are states that are fully unrestricted where no permit is required for open or concealed carry. Some states are partially unrestricted where certain forms of concealed carry may be legal without a permit while other forms of carry require a permit. Uh, I know some states have what's called, there's open carry, unrestricted carry. There's constitutional carry. The open carry is obviously that you can see it. Uh, to me, that's a double-edged sword. It's you, you, the, the criminal can see your gun if you're carrying it openly so you don't have the element of surprise and self-defense. But, but the problem with all of this is we, because we look through the lens of the news media, and many are wealthy enough to have protection or they live in a place where, you know, and of course this could happen anywhere, in any country, any time. Bad people, mentally ill people, whatever this guy was, this could happen anywhere. The point is, how do you protect yourself from it? By taking legally owned guns? Of course not. So, let when we discuss this today, sure, it was a tragedy, but I get so tired of people saying, that darn NRA, those darn gun owners, they just don't care. I, It's absurd. You know, we started hearing of this, the, the, you know, it was in the Clinton administration when this started. But I still, again... Uh, as one of those people who Obama says clings to his Bible and his guns, and I would also say I do cling to the Constitution. I don't cling to my guns. I have the proper grip. But I do cling to the Constitution, and for some reason the Constitution goes right out the door if you get enough people in a news piece that are emotionally distraught and something that the news media and the Democrat Party are brilliant at is using dead bodies as a prop, whether they're covered with a flag at a false impeachment trial or whatever it may be. 
And the bottom line is, I just wonder, since the news media is wondering, this would have been so different if he didn't have a gun. Oh, of course it would have. But it would have been a lot different if people there had a gun. And some of them were trained. So there's different angles you can look at this. Oh, Texas is also going, uh, tex- uh, Governor of Texas just laid down the law. Two things are doing. They're, they're doing the uh, handgun carry, constitutional carry, means you don't have to check with the boss. The boss being in many in many occupied territories of this country, the boss is the mayor or the governor. You don't have to check with someone you elected to defend yourself. So that's what I call constitutional carry. Uh, one of the most oppressive states regarding you having the right to protect yourself is New Jersey. It disgusts me. And it's always from the far left, the party that want, that cares about the children, that cares about that cares about women being abused. And. And what's the first thing some of these states do if there is violence in a relationship? Well, ma'am, we can't issue you. We cannot issue you a gun permit. You know, that that's not a good idea. We will give you this piece of paper. And it says right here and right here, if you just read it, it says your husband cannot beat you up anymore. Or threaten to kill your children. It says it right here. And if he shows up, uh, you know, with a gun or a baseball bat, you just call us. See, that's the problem with America. Nobody in the news media is talking like I just spoke to you about this issue. There's a handful. That's it. We've been, it starts when you're in third grade. Guns are bad. People that appreciate guns as a hobby or for self-defense are bad, and on and on it goes. And I will reiterate, and we're going to get to the Russia take on this, because he has always been ahead of why people are doing what they do. Whether it's limiting the amount of bullets in a magazine or a gun-free zone, the gun-free zone is the dumbest thing I've ever heard as a pro Second Amendment person. Now, if you're on the left, you think that the sign protects you. Now, the last five mass shootings were in gun free zones. The most recent one was in New Jersey. Nobody's talking about it. I think nine people were shot. One was killed. And this was horrible. What just happened? In San Jose, gun-free zone. But again, there's a reason, there's a method to the madness of how this is conducted. There's a reason the Democrats and the left behave the way they do. Here's Rush with his thoughts. The real objective of the modern-day Democrat Party and all of their constituent groups is to confiscate every gun out there. That's their wish list. That's their giant dream. That's the bucket list. Whatever you want to, however you want to characterize it, their objective is the total confiscation of all guns being held in private hands. That's what their objective is. And they don't hate the NRA. They hate you. They despise you. You stand in their way. I'm talking about all of us. They despise us. They have a visceral hatred for those who oppose them and stand in their way. 
it's just easier for them to say they hate a group and an organization rather than to be upfront about what they really despise and hate, which is all of us. More truth. That was dead on. And that's what it is. There are people, you can call them elitist, you can call whatever. And it's not just John Kerry. There's a lot of people on the left, both in government and out, that have entrusted too much to the government. They trust their life to the government. I think that's the most absurd thing you can do, is trust your life (laughs) to the government. And as I'm a lifetime member of the NRA, and the NRA gets beat up a lot. And one of the reasons we're so passionate about it, when you go back through that history, and you see that after the Civil War, freed black men had no way to protect themselves. And the NRA helped make sure that these are citizens now. They have the right to carry a gun. The same thing in the 60s. So many people in the southern part of our country, not not all southern states. I'm just saying that in several southern states and in the north, but in the south, there was a lot of intimidation and real horrible racism. And in some cases, you may remember how many times uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was shot at and how many civil rights leaders were killed. They would go to buy a gun. And some elitists would say, well, no, you can't have one. And it was the NRA, the National Rifle Association, that came in and said, cannot be infringed. And see, that's as a cons- as a conservative gun owner. I think if you are not a convicted felon, but you're an American citizen and you're over 18, you have every right to defend yourself any way that you feel comfortable with. This is the discussion we should be having when something this horrible happens and we leave out what else is happening, like surging crime rates, gun crimes going up. They're not going up because of law-abiding citizens. They're going up because criminals have heard the the announcement of the left. They're going to defund the police. They're going to defang the police, if you will. Every move cops make now is under a microscope. Do you know the empowerment the Democrat Party has given to every thug in the United States? Heck, every thug on the planet knows they can roll into a gun-free zone and take what they want because they're disarming the police in California. They're having volunteers. This is absurd, and this is just the tip of a very complicated issue and i urge you not to buy in to the joe biden network which would be cnn and follow that narrative because the the news media and the democrats have been misleading you on the gun narrative for about what 80 years we'll be right back it's the rush limbaugh show on the eib network i am your guide host for today my name's ken matthews Glad you're listening. A lot of hoopla yesterday about the whole Wuhan thing. And uh, isn't it amazing? For 22 months, yeah, no, not 22 months, about 16 months, possibly. Yeah, about 16 months. 
I've never been good at math, especially Common Core. About 16 months, the news media made fun. Well, they're always making fun of the American people. Uh, but they made fun of anybody who said, hey, do you think the the COVID-19 virus could have come from the Wuhan lab? Maybe a leak or something? Could the Chinese have dropped the ball and then not told anybody for whatever reason? And we were mocked and the president was mocked and Rand Paul was mocked. And the list goes on. Senator Hawley, Josh Hawley of Mississippi, very outspoken conservative, and Mike Braun, Indiana. I don't really know Mike's uh, Braun's background, but Senator Josh Hawley. They submitted the proposal known as the COVID-19 Origin Act of 2021 to require the Director of National Intelligence to declassify all the information on this. Now, this is something that President Trump likes to do. He enjoyed doing, but understand most people that want to control you will not allow you to see anything that was going on behind the scenes. And to me, that's the mark of someone who's legit versus not. Why couldn't we declassify this? Why don't we declassify a lot more? And that's what President Trump was attempting to do on his way out of his first term. But it's interesting, for 16 months, if you doubted the story, it was a bat at a food market, which is ridiculous. Then you were a lunatic. Now, all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, even Facebook. Just so you know, Facebook was banning any of us. I know because I'm on my third or fourth ban from Facebook. I'm still on there, though. I'm back at Ken Matthews. Whoopie-doo, I can't say anything. I have no free speech there. But on Facebook, if you mentioned the Wuhan lab and COVID-19, and you were knocked off of Facebook. Now they've taken that out. Because now sheep follow sheep. They're all following the leader now. Someone's saying, well, maybe it did originate in Wuhan. And then, this is the best part, Joe Biden, you may remember who he is, he was sworn in back in January. You know, he stopped the investigation. It was one of the first thing things he did. That's what he did. He got into the Oval Office, and before he took his normal four-hour nap that day, Joe Biden canceled everything from the wall to children at the border protection to the investigation into the Wuhan lab connection. Now he's restarted it again because nothing makes President Donald Trump look good or better than watching Joe Biden at work when he's there, when he shows up. So now we've got this uh, National Intelligence Agency being asked to declassify this. The problem is... The problem is most leftists do not listen to the people. So whatever happens in Congress and whatever they send as a bill, that's why I'm I get so frustrated with people that, you know, they should have been fighting for this. And many of them were a while ago. But that's the latest update. Now, Joe Biden wants to investigate Wuhan. 
And and now the news media thinks there might be something there. After more than a year of targeting people, libeling people, slandering people, knocking them off of social media. Here's Senator Josh Hawley. The American people deserve the truth. They deserve to know the true origins of this virus. They deserve it. Their government owes it to them, and it's time to act. And the American people deserve something else. They deserve to have this government hold accountable that nation which started this virus, whose lies about this virus turned it into a global pandemic, whose lies about this virus prevented our country and many others from being able to address it effectively in time. Of course, I'm talking about China. And who was on top of this from day one? I think it was President Donald Trump. Yeah, remember the China travel ban? Everybody called him racist. Here's Senator Lindsey Graham. I don't think without sanctions, without international pressure, they're ever going to help. So you can look at this till you turn blue in the face. The only way China is going to respond is when the world makes them respond. So sanctions led by the United States, embraced by the world, I think would get us to where we need to go. And I intend to introduce those sanctions relatively soon. The problem with sanctions, Senator Graham Cracker, here is the problem with the sanctions, okay? China owns joe biden sanction smanction have you seen the hunter hard drive well then you know all about the relationship that china has with the biden family and this administration so we're going to have to do more than sanctions russia's comment is next and it's interesting regarding the china virus because as president trump said it's from china China. Rush was on this from the the very beginning, and he was asking questions that all of us were asking. Understand the level of shutdown the news media wrapped around this entire thing, especially uh, since Biden took office. Here's Rush. I think dealing with the Chinese, there any number of things are possible, and. I think one of the reasons that I get so worked up about the way the Democrats and the media deal with this is that it is essentially aimed at harming Americans, at harming this country, when in fact this virus, there's a lot yet to be learned about it. This is the 19th coronavirus. Coronavirus is a respiratory virus like flu, like common cold. I'm not wrong about this. Now... The possibility that the Chicoms might have. There's another story. One of the the original discoverer of the virus was a scientist in a lab in Wuhan, China, who found it in December, supposedly. So goes the story. And that man is now dead. That scientist is dead. The guy who identified that virus, coronavirus 19, is dead. A scientist, a guy wearing a mask who was studying it, is dead. Another doctor treating patients in China has died from it. Medical professionals have died. People have raised all kinds. Why are medical professionals dying? These are people who know what they're dealing with. This gives rise. You know, when there are unanswered questions like this that people can ask, the worst answers sometimes surface. You know, it's interesting because from the very beginning of this, all I could think of was Saul Alinsky and... Uh... Hillary Clinton, 
I mean, not together or on a date or anything. I was thinking of Saul Alinsky and the fact that Hillary Clinton, she wrote her thesis on Saul Alinsky when she was in college. How awesome he was and how he, you know, he changed the whole dynamic of liberalism and leftist. And Saul Alinsky was pretty much a thug. He was dangerous in what he instructed people to do, in particular young people. But all I could think of, the split second I saw I saw it come up on the news screens in the studio, the Wuhan, uh, you know, lab and all this, never let a crisis go to waste. And when you look at the look at the way the Democrats and the versus the Republicans handled this virus, the so-called pandemic since day one, one group of people said, what an opportunity. Finally, something's going bad for Trump. That would be the Democrats, the left. The Republicans, Team Trump, people with common sense, they were saying, all right, where's it coming from? How can we stop it? On the left, they were saying, come to Chinatown. Remember Nancy Pelosi? Remember in in New York, they had hung a hug a Chinese day. Remember that, de Blasio, that moron? That was their first reaction. Their first reaction was not... Oh, my gosh, what if it came from the Wuhan lab? Should we stop what's happening over there and uh, secure this where it is? Set a perimeter around the problem so it doesn't get to our population. But the other group, the woke crowd and the Democrats, they were saying, oh, my gosh, what what does this mean for Chinese people? Well, I don't know. I'm America first. I know that makes people feel uncomfortable if you're woke, but America should come first to everyone that works for America. And if you swore an oath to protect and defend this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic, I think you could put I think you could put a virus in that category. So I question any politician that says, well, We're not going to do this and this and this and this because it might make those people feel uncomfortable. But in addition to what Senator Hawley said, and let me correct myself, he's from Missouri, not Mississippi. My apologies. Senator Josh Hawley is from Missouri. I know there's a lot of people that love this guy in Missouri, and there you go. Anyway, think about not only the lies that the Chinese told, And there were plenty. And not only the lies that Fauci told, but keep in mind all the other organizations who saw this as an opportunity to take out President Trump and control the population. Whether it was the World Health Organization, the National Institute of Health, EcoHealth, the CDC. Do you know how many people, how many government bureaucrats saw this as an opportunity to change the political landscape? Never let a crisis go to waste. Whether, it, it, whether it's an attack, whether it's a shooting, whether it's a virus, whether it's a flood. Have you ever heard about a flood, not to jump from a virus to a flood, but 
I would check the water before you get in the pool. Have you ever heard of a flood in the last few months, few years, rather, few years, probably since before Obama, where when the flooding was on the screen, the news anchor and the person at the Weather Channel and the liberal senator from whatever state says, you know, this wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for climate change. There'd be no rain. There'd be no mud. So that's the brilliance of the left. I hate to even say that in the same sentence, brilliance of the left, but they never let a crisis go to waste. One more. uh, Here's uh, Senator Mike Braun from Indiana. The more I look into it, this was squashed out of the gate by EcoHealth, uh, NIH, especially WHO, and China itself. So the American public deserves it. Uh, The world deserves it with all the turmoil that's been caused by it. Now, so to think from the very beginning, and, and, you know, the mistake was when people hear President Donald J. Trump saying something, because they're mind-controlled, it must be bad. Whether it's hydroxychloroquine, whether it's, you know, we need to shut this down. We can't have people coming over here from China. This was back, I remember, when he stopped the travel ban from China. You know, something that no one ever talks about. The minute this happened in Wuhan, they locked Wuhan down and they wouldn't let the population of Wuhan or people that worked in the lab travel anywhere else in China. Isn't that interesting? But then President Trump said, you know, we don't need people from China coming over here if this thing is really this bad. And the only reaction you could get from Democrats was, Oh, my gosh, he's such a xenophobe. The absurdity of it. In fact, the Washington Post even said yesterday. And I read it. I forget the senior reporter's name. She even said that we really took the whole, you know, Wuhan thing and the hydroxychloroquine stuff. Chloroquine, we took it with a grain of salt because, you know, it was President Trump. So now reporters are starting to admit when they should have been informing us. And something just happened, uh, and this is from our friend James O'Keefe over at Project Veritas, senior NBC News reporter, revealed that top bosses spiked news important to voters. Now listen to this, and uh, we're going to share some more details of this coming up, but this is what's fascinating. The bosses did not see an upside, according to an undercover report from James O'Keefe at ABC. Now, this happened with COVID. This happened with Wuhan. This happens with a lot of things that the Democrats have on their agenda. For example, ABC refused to acknowledge Trump's successes. One of the producers in the undercover investigation said, we also don't give him credit for things he does do, and our bosses don't see an upside to reporting any of it. Now, if that's your news organization, I'm sorry, you've been hoodwinked probably for about half a century. Here's Rush. Believe me, I think if you want to find out what's wrong in America... Do two things. Follow the money and then follow the media. And by that, I mean, look at what people will do for media attention. And it's worse than it's ever been. 
It's just the evolution of our society and culture. Everything is media now. Everybody does everything, most everybody, while also calculating the media reaction to it. Let me explain when things were different. And let me use sports as the example. Back in the, and this is not old fuddy-duddy stuff. This is historical context. There was a time when athletes, professional athletes, played the game to play the game, and they were not even conscious of the media. I mean, they knew press box was filled with writers and so forth, but they went out to play the game, and they lived their lives without any thought of what the media would say or do or anything that was not on anybody's mind. Many CEOs, many business people, the media was always there, but it was not. The media was never a dominant factor in determining practically everything someone did. Today, it is for a lot of people. It goes deeper than just trying to be noticed. It leads to all kinds of insincerity. It leads to lack of substance replaced by behavior that'll get noticed. And there's value in getting noticed no matter what you get noticed for. That's not new. I mean, the old adage, I don't care what you say about me as long as you spell my name right, has been around forever. What is new, relatively new, and I don't mean new yesterday, but what's relatively new is that the large number of substantive things that are done, not for the reasons that you would think, good decision, bad decision, what's the objective, how do we get it? If the media finds out, they find out. If they don't, they don't. But the media and what they're thinking is not even a factor in the circumstances I'm talking about. But that's not the case in so much today. Everything, everything that most anybody does, especially in politics, is done, is calculated, is executed, is performed with a desired media reaction in mind. And in my mind, that corrupts. Take your average American street corner. Whatever goes on there goes on. Put a camera there. Everything changes when people know the camera's there. There's a camera on every corner, in every room, in every city, in every place in Washington. The Rush Limbaugh Show on the EIB Network. My name is Ken Matthews, your guide host for today. The number's 800-282-2882. Here's how bad things are getting for the Biden regime. And uh, what are they, just over 100 days, maybe? Here's James Carville. So often Democrats come across with this metropolitan arrogance or urban smugness that that people feel. And it hurts us. In, and by the way, it, it even hurts us with, with people that, that live in cities that don't speak this jargony faculty lounge language. I mean, the, the people in South Chicago do not speak the same language that the faculty at the University of Chicago speaks. It's just that simple. And don't be so smug about everything. And it's not even the fact, because even there, it almost sounds, and this is something else, Carvel's good at doing this, it almost sounds like he's saying, sometimes we're just too smart. Well, no, you're, no, that's the, that's the thing that common sense people can, you can feel that, you can sense it. How many people know someone that's attended college and has more than one degree 
and you think they're an idiot. Okay, there you go. I mean, what I loved about Rush is he could talk to anybody about anything, anytime. No pretension. If it was complicated, he would say, okay, break it down for me. And people who know their topic, if they know their whatever it may be, if they're a scientist, they should be able to break it down for anyone. So you've got James Carville saying that, and that's something that, that was another way of saying that you're dealing with elitist, whether it's Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. And we we have heard and seen so many instances from whistleblowers and people that work with them, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, that these people are very different off camera. And that's something else that separates them from President Trump. The Democrats, as a group, always look better in the news. They always look better in the interview. And they always look better in the campaign ad. Now, contrast that with President Trump. The minute you see him out of the news, not edited, not biasedly analyzed, you see a guy that people can relate to. Now, there's a couple other things that are hurting them. There was a Fox poll released. 46% of people says Biden is too liberal, and that's up 10 points from a few months ago. Now, we knew this. You knew this. We all knew this. But now we're getting a chance to see it. The big question is, what will the American people do about it? What cell phone company guarantees you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data every month for just $30 a month? The answer is a company called Pure Talk. And they can do this because they don't have huge overhead costs and stadiums to sponsor. This is the company Rush recommended, and for good reason. They provide the same level of coverage as one of the big three carriers, but for less. And when you switch to Pure Talk, you can keep your same phone number That's like one of my favorite parts right there, because I can only memorize so many numbers while saving all that money. Rush has the details. Hey, folks, there's one sure bet that you can make this year, and that is you're going to use your cell phone more than you did last year. That translates to bigger cell phone bills. You're going to be paying more for it unless you are proactive and do something about that. This is why so many people in this audience are switching their cell phone service from one of the big providers to Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers you unlimited talk, unlimited text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't charge you if you go over your six gigs of data. Now, you compare that monthly price, 30 bucks a month, to your current cell phone bill. Just compare it. Your current cell phone bill, I mean, I would, I'd have to make a guess, but 75, 80 bucks, depending on how many lines and phones you have. Don't know what it is, but 30 bucks a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text. Coming up in hour two is the company that made the F-16 woke. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? 
You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. There is a great evil taking place in our society. Since 1973, over 64 million babies' lives have been taken. Preborn is dedicated to saving these precious lives. And every day, the staff members at Preborn Clinics rescue 200 babies and help women in crisis by sharing light, love, and a free ultrasound. That changed my life, just from that ultrasound picture. You see, when an expectant mother meets her precious baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life for her baby. Would you join me and Preborn in rescuing babies' lives? One ultrasound is just $28, and for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds helping to rescue five babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck sponsored by preborn. Nice to see you. Hour two, the Thursday before Memorial Day weekend. For many people, it's already started. As I mentioned yesterday, some management started the day before yesterday. They run at a really long weekend. Weird weather, though, going around the country. I think it's finally going to be summer, though. At least it's going to feel like that. My name is Ken Matthews. I'm your guide on the Rush Limbaugh Show, the EIB Network. And a moment ago, we were talking about uh, Lockheed Martin. Most people know that it's an aerospace, military support, security, and advanced technologies company. 
But here's a little more. It's in Bethesda, Maryland, and it's primarily engaged in the study, the design, the evolution, construction, production, innovation, and maintenance of some kick-butt tech systems and products like the F-35 Lightning, the F-22 Raptor, back in the day, the F-16, the F-94 Starfighter, etc. Now, the reason I bring this up is because for many years, with the exception of Rush and maybe a handful of others, conservatives, that you probably know, the talk was, if the left ever gets a stronghold of basic institutions, we're going to have a lot of trouble turning it back. Whether it's academia, whether it's uh, both houses of Congress and the Oval Office at the same time. Well, we're there. And I have to share this with you because the headline, the headline is executives attended three-day white male re-education camp. All right, this is a must-share. This is woke garbage. But here it is. This is, you could not make this up. This sounds like something you'd see on Saturday Night Live. Imagine this, this is the company that made the F-16 fighter jet. Internal documents obtained by Christopher Rufo detailed a three-day seminar held by diversity consulting firm White Men as Full Diversity Partners. That's the seminar, okay? Specializes in helping white men awaken together. Some of the people that were attending the seminar, Air Force Lieutenant Colonel David Starr, he is the director of the Hercules C-130 military transport program. Glenn Woods, the vice president of production for the Air Force's $1.7 trillion. That's our money, by the way. F-35 fighter jet program. And I'm just going to go through some of the parts of the course that you may want to enjoy. To begin, the diversity trainers led a free association exercise asking the Lockheed employees to list connotations for the term white men. Some of the trainers wrote down old, racist, privileged, anti-women, angry, Aryan nation, KKK, founding fathers, guns, guilty, and for comedy purposes, someone wrote can't jump. Now, that's probably the only true thing on this survey, that white men can't jump, except for the three in the NBA. The trainers then asked, what is in it for white men? I won't get replaced by someone who is a a better full diversity partner. I will improve the brand image and reputation of white men. And I will have less nagging sense of guilt that I am the problem. See, we were worried that wokeness and communism would end up as part of the military-industrial complex. Remember? Because it's already part of education. And it's already in all the teachers' lounges across America. And it's all over news sets in this country. That's why news is such a joke. But here I'm—this is Lockheed Martin— It doesn't get any more muscular and pro-defense than this. This is crazy. White men as full diversity partners 
this is the name of it, argues that the roots of the white male culture, including traits such as rugged individualism and can-do attitude, hard work, operating from principles, and striving towards success, are devastating to women and minorities. I want you to hear that again, because I want you to... I want you to let this sink in. This is Lockheed Martin. We pay for those contracts, trillions of dollars, okay? But I want you to let this part sink in. And, and you wonder why uh, our culture is on a crash course. Here's the problem with white men. Roots of white male culture include traits such as rugged individualism, a can-do attitude, hard work, operating from principles, and striving toward success. According to the morons that did this conference, these are devastating to women and minorities. Now, either these are the dumbest people on earth or things have changed so much since I started this show a couple hours ago. (laughs) Here I'm thinking, what what a bad signal to send to people in general, let alone men. Next... Participants were asked to repeat and internalize 50 white privilege statements. My culture teaches me to minimize the perspectives and powers of people of other races. I can commit acts of terrorism, violence, and crime and not have it attributed to my race. Okay. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do this to you or myself anymore, but just uh, Google it. Lockheed Martin. Here's Russia's thoughts. I have come across something. You talk about something happening underneath the radar that could be the most ambitious and disturbing social engineering project ever undertaken by the federal government, excluding Obamacare. But everybody knows about that. And let me begin by asking you if you remember busing from the 1970s. You don't? Okay, you're a baby, but, I mean, you've heard about it? This is very helpful. This is very helpful. Somebody 60 years old does not know about busing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Forced busing in the 1970s was a liberal attempt to integrate the races. And the upshot of it was that white kids were bussed in some cases in Boston, and it really erupted in Boston, by the way. White kids were bussed in some cases 45 minutes to an hour to all black schools to integrate them because the liberals thought this was only fair and just. And they thought the civil rights movement wanted integration. Now, Martin Luther King did, but his heirs do not want integration. They want to segregate again after they achieve integration. In the 1970s, schools were ordered to bus children into neighborhoods far away in order to achieve racial balance in the schools. Children were roused out of bed an hour before they needed to be in order to ship them off to schools. Now, at the time, it was no different then than it is now. Parents moved into neighborhoods because of the schools. Parents wanted to live relatively close to the school so the kid could walk or whatever, but this would be close. The school was the center of the kid's universe nine months out of the year. And so when the forced busing erupted, there was outrage all over the including liberal Boston. But the social architects of the left didn't listen, and they kept at it 
because they knew best and they were doing what they thought was necessary to achieve racial balance because they were forcing people to do what people weren't doing of their own volition. People were choosing neighborhoods where they wanted to live and leftists didn't like the choices they were making. And so they basically used the power of the government to force them. If they didn't want to move, they were going to take their kids to those neighborhood schools. Well, what was happening was that liberals were denying parents the right to determine where their kids attended school, even after they had chosen a neighborhood to live in because of the school. It was dictated, and it ended up being a miserable failure. Okay, let's fast forward to today. Social engineering is on the verge of being imposed on entire neighborhoods, adults and children alike. I want to read a little paragraph here from a document from the Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD. The agency wants the power to dismantle local zoning so communities have what it considers the right mix of economic, racial, and ethnic diversity. A finding of discriminatory behavior or allegations of discrimination would no longer be necessary. HUD will supply nationally uniform data of what it thinks 1,200 communities should look like. Again, HUD wants the power to dismantle local zoning so communities have what it considers the right mix of HUD wants to be able to force people to move into certain neighborhoods so that there is racial, economic, and ethnic diversity in the neighborhood, not just bus kids to schools. This is that times 10. What this is is nationalizing neighborhoods. What this is is central planners imposing their will on where you live, not just where your kids go to school. And it's all being done, of course, for our own good. We do not choose to live in the right places, and therefore we're not properly integrating. And we do not have the right diversity neighborhood by neighborhood by neighborhood. The elites will not be touched by it. Exactly right. The elites will not be touched by this. And this is all part of their ongoing effort to achieve utopia. Here again, more from HUD. Local governments will have to, quote, take meaningful actions to further the goals identified. If they fail to comply, HUD can cut federal funding. Westchester County, north of New York City, has firsthand experience of what the rest of the nation can expect. HUD has told Westchester County, New York, that any limits on the size, type, height, and density of buildings are restrictive practices. It demands that the county sue its localities over such common zoning regulations, which are not exclusionary by any stretch of the imagination. If HUD can define what constitutes exclusionary practices, then local zoning as it is known today disappears. Apartments, high-rises of whatever else the federal government or developer wants, can be built on any block in America. They're going to seek this diversity, again, by obliterating zoning regulations. Zoning regulations, as you know, are one of the many ways that communities define themselves and achieve what they want and don't want. I'll tell you something else is not mentioned in the story, but you ever wondered why the regime 
and the left is so fascinated with mass transit. It's because mass transit limits your mobility. You can only go where mass transit takes you. And who controls the routes? The government controls the routes of mass transit. Buses, subways, trains, you name it. They control it. Those are all government authorities, state, local, or federal, whatever. And that was Rush in 2013, one year into Obama's second term. And look where we are now, from major companies to your kid's college. If you're interested in refinancing your mortgage, be in touch with the leader that Rush recommends, American Financing. This is the company that puts your needs first. American Financing is a family-owned mortgage lender that customizes loans for both new home purchases and refinances. And the only mortgage company that Rush endorsed. Depending on your situation, you could save hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars a month. Here's more details with Rush. Mortgage rates are still very low, and that makes homeownership very affordable, especially when you work with our friends at American Financing. Their mortgage consultants are in it for you. They create custom loan programs designed around your budget, including access to some of the most competitive interest rates. There's never any pressure, no obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. It really is a straightforward process that will get you further along in your plans. Start saving on your mortgage by calling American Financing. Here's the phone number Rush always shared with you, 800-795-1210. That's 800-795-1210. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS182334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. The Rush Limbaugh Show on the EIB Network. My name is Ken Matthews. I am your guide for today. So one of the questions I get most, especially as a conservative host in uh, my my little swamp, Central PA, it's a political swamp. It's a beautiful place, but Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the capital, perhaps your blue state capital is just as messy. The popular question is always, what's going on with the election? Well... It depends who you listen to. If you follow people that helped Biden get elected and helped destroy Trump so they think they did, you're going to get one answer. If you follow what's actually happening, you're going to get another. Right now in multiple states, Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, and soon Michigan, they might sound familiar to you, some of those states. Remember when those states came forward, many of whom believed, and there were affidavits and there were witnesses, there were even electors that had different positions on Biden and Trump. Remember all that? And everybody just poo-pooed it, and they said, be quiet, you're undermining democracy. That's a talking point. That's my favorite talking point. When you say, excuse me, can we get an accurate count of these five precincts? You're undermining democracy. I hate that. One of the people covering this is John Fredericks. I'm just reading something from his report this morning. Uh, I don't know if you know, but judge has, the judge in Georgia has ordered 142,000 mail-in ballots to be unsealed, examined, and verified. Now, this is why Rachel Maddow is more of a whack job than usual. If you're wondering, this is why Joe Scarborough 
I, I don't even know what to say about that guy, but this is why he melted down. I would play it for you, but you hearing it now, that would give him more audience than he's had all week on his show. So I'm not even going to play it. But if you wonder why the left is getting so angry and the mainstream media is saying you and I and President Trump and Sidney Powell are trying to undermine democracy is because those of us that just wanted an accurate, transparent vote so we can clearly understand was this fraudulent or not, we've been just buried since the election, as you know. Attacked, libeled, slandered, censored, banned. John Frederick says in Georgia, six affidavits now. Six. They had four, now they have six. Six affidavits of veteran election officials are alleging that 30,000 of the 147 ballots are fake. Somebody printed them up on a machine, ran them through the vote counting machine. They're not real. They're not attached to anybody. Another revelation, this is in Georgia, was that the ballots were unfolded and printed on a different paper than the regular absentee ballots. This is when the news media steps in and goes, oh, you're being so picky. What do you mean they're unfolded? And so what if they're... You see, this is what we've been dealing with. Every American citizen has has to put up with this ridiculousness when the only thing that... The Biden regime had to do the only thing that your state had to do was stop, take a breath, not insult you. Not call you names, not saying you're an insurrectionist, just say, "Okay, we understand that thousands of people have an issue. Now, if you were following what was going on in Arizona through the news media, it's completely wrong what was going on in Arizona. There's a lot of good people in Arizona that have been fighting, just like in Michigan, to review 2020 ballots. And I will pass along a message from many people in the Trump camp. We're not going to stop until somebody shows us one person, one vote, until we see exactly where our votes went. There's too many witnesses. There's too much evidence. And the reason America hasn't seen it is not because there isn't any, It's the same reason you got two stories on Wuhan, five stories on Trump, and eight stories on the border. Because if the news media was doing its job, they would be at every one of these precincts rolling cameras to make sure that everybody finds out the truth. Who really won in November? And that's on a state level as well. So the next question I always get is, well, what can I do? You can call your state Senate and ask them to push. Thanks for listening to the show today. The Rush Limbaugh Show on the EIB Network. And yesterday, one of the emails I got was, did I hear you correctly, Ken, say that we should defund the FBI? Yes. Yes. I don't think we should defund the police. Uh, I think we should defund the FBI. Let me ask you this. Go back... Well, you can go back the last several years, but let, let's just start in the Obama administration. Did the FBI investigate more or did they just cover for the administration more? It's a, it's a simple question. Why would the FBI sit on Hunter Biden's hard drive for a year? 
Why would the FBI sit on Seth Rich's hard drive and computers information for three years? See, that would be my question. See, I thought that's what the FBI did. When something that despicable occurs, the FBI gets in there and they solve it because they're the elite. Now, many of their members are. So this, as far as the men and women of the FBI go, it goes without saying. There's some great crime solvers and law enforcement men and women in the FBI, but let's face it, your your leadership for the last decade has really been horrific. And the fact that the FBI is always there to cover for Obama, for Susan Rice, for Barack, for Hillary for Bill Clinton, for the Clinton Foundation, for Joe Biden, for Joe Biden's brother, for Joe Biden's son. They're always there. The FBI is always there. The FBI was on scene. A minute ago, we were talking about all that voting stuff in Georgia. The FBI went down there and reportedly were making it more difficult for people to get the ballots that they wanted. So I just haven't seen a situation where the FBI, the leadership of the FBI, has directed it to do the right thing. And I think I think the Bidens is the biggest example of that. We watched as the news media and the Democrat Party lied about quid pro quo and President Donald J. Trump when on video and audio tape, Joe Biden did quid pro quo with Ukraine. Joe Biden met with Ukrainian, Russian, and other business associates of his sons at a dinner in Washington, D.C. while he was vice president. How did I hear that? Hunter Biden said it because a lot of us have the de- the, the hard drive. That's the thing that's so frustrating about the whole dynamic of the Bidens. It's out there, quid pro quo. How many more photographs do you need to see and how many more videos do you need to see of Joe Biden getting a little handsy with children in public? It's a simple question. It's a grown-up question. I know that's not a liberal question. This is a big boy question. How many more do you need to see? Because I'll tell you, if if I had toddlers, and I got to tell you, I miss my toddlers because both my sons are taller than me now, and I'm 6'1", so it's kind of scary. But I miss having toddlers. But if I was out and Joe Biden touched my toddler like he has touched some of the people in these photos, I, that would be a very awkward situation for everybody. Now, see, you're not allowed to say this about Joe Biden. You're not allowed to say, did you see the videos? Did you see the pictures? Did you listen to Hunter Biden's hard drive? Did you see him with the Russian chicks naked at the pool with the, with the cocaine? Did you see him with the Chinese girls and the crack? Oh, you didn't. Didn't they have that on The View? So having said all this, and again, not just to beat up on the media, but they are useless. Where's the FBI? Where is the FBI? We're talking about 
Joe, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, just in the last month, think about the stories that have come out that are true. The handgun incident. That's a federal crime. Do you know how many federal crimes Hunter Biden discusses while he's smoking crack? The FBI does. And we might as well go one step further. Because I want to adequately answer this question, do I think the FBI should be defunded? Yes, I think it's too corrupted to be saved. There, there's too much ridiculousness now in the leadership. There, there's too many Christopher Rays. There's too many James Comeys. There's too many Mullers. There's too many John Brennan types. That's, there, there's too much of that. And that eats away at our country like a disease. So why we keep pouring money and why the, the reason I'm I'm more in favor of local law enforcement than I am federal law enforcement, because federal can hide or mess with anything or anybody. They could frame you for being a spy, Carter Page. They can raid your house at 3 a.m. in the morning, Roger Stone. I just wish they would do that to the cartels. I wish they would do that to other people and not just enemies of the Bidens, enemies of the Obamas, enemies of the Clintons. You get the drift. Here's Rush with more on the Bidens. The New York Post has an exclusive smoking gun email reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessman to his dad. Hunter Biden introduced his father, Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing the prosecutor who was investigating the company. This according to emails obtained by the Post. Fascinating the way they came across these emails. These emails were on a discarded MacBook Pro. The never-before-revealed meeting is mentioned in a message of appreciation that Vadim Pozarsky, an advisor to the board of Burisma, allegedly sent Hunter Biden a message April 17th, 2015. It's about a year after Hunter Biden joined the Burisma board at a salary of 50 grand a month. The email reads, Dear Hunter... Thank you for inviting me to Washington and giving an opportunity to meet your father, the vice president, and to spend some time together. It's really an honor and a pleasure. An earlier email from May of 2014 also shows that Pozarski, reportedly Burisma's number three exec, asks Hunter for advice on how you can use your influence on the company's behalf. Now, the blockbuster correspondence, which flies in the face of Joe Biden's claim that he's never spoken to his son about his overseas business dealings, is contained in a massive trove of data recovered from a laptop computer. And get this, the laptop computer, it's a MacBook Pro, was dropped off at a repair shop in Biden's home state of Delaware in April 2019. According to the store's owner, somebody dropped it off and left it there. Nobody ever came back for it. It needed some repairs. 
Other material extracted from the computer includes a raunchy 12-minute video that appears to show Hunter Biden smoking crack while engaged in a sex act with an unidentified woman, as well as numerous other sexually explicit images. Now, less than eight months after Pazarski thanked Hunter Biden for the introduction to his dad, then-Vice President Biden, admittedly, this is the story he brags about telling Council on Foreign Relations, pressured the Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko. He pressured Poroshenko and the Prime Minister, Arseny Yatsenyuk, into getting rid of the prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, by threatening to withhold a billion-dollar U.S. loan guarantee during a December 2015 trip to Kiev. The computer has all the evidence. Now, we we actually don't need that because Biden has bragged about it in the stories about it he's told at, say, the Council on Foreign Relations. I went through them yesterday. And here is part of what he said at the Council on Foreign Relations in December 2015. He's in Kiev. I looked at them and I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If that prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the billion dollars. Biden was bragging to the Council on Foreign Relations, 2018. Then Biden says, well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Victor Shokin has said that at the time of his firing, March of 2016, he'd made specific plans to investigate Burisma. That included interrogations and other crime investigation procedures into all members of the Burisma executive board, including Hunter Biden. So Joe Biden got that prosecution shut down. He got the prosecution of his son shut down and then bragged about it. They tried to impeach Donald Trump for having a phone call with the new president of Ukraine asking for details on this investigation. That's when all these whistleblowers came from, why, this is outrageous. We've never heard anything like this. Lieutenant Colonel, oh, say, can you see Vindman and the like? So not only was Biden bragging about protecting his son, he was bragging about protecting Burisma. The stories about Rush... That you'll hear in the new podcast series, Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the Golden IB mic, are not to be missed. If your heart wants to spend more time with Rush, you miss hearing Rush, this podcast series is for you. The third episode is out. Go to RushLimbaugh.com for more info on that. It uh, debuted yesterday, I believe, and you'll want to hear all three and the ones that follow. Our friend Bo Snerdley is the host. So you know it's good, and both My Pillow and Tunnel to Towers Foundation are sponsors. Great organizations, great businesses. Something I didn't get a chance to talk about yesterday, and we were discussing some of the George Floyd things and how most of the cities run by the left are in decline, they're in decay. Most of the cities where... You have fewer gun rights. Gun crime is worse. Most of the cities, you get the gist. You get the, the pattern. If progressive, progressive liberals are running a major city, chances are there's problems that have been in that city and have existed and are kept alive 
by the policies and the attitudes and the ideologies. Chicago's a great example. Lori Lightfoot, I don't want to meet with any more reporters that are not people of color. Now, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know if any other person, if the wrong person said that, they'd be in a lot of trouble. But it's just like what Rush said a moment ago about the hypocrisy of the Bidens and the quid pro quo. I think one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this now is I've seen part of the hard drive. Not all of it, but I've seen enough to know that if it was you or me on the hard drive, you know, in the role of Biden, we'd be in cuffs. Yes, we'd be in handcuffs. Our careers would be over. Our companies would disown us. There'd probably be a criminal trial. That's the difference between you and me and the Bidens. You and me and the Clintons and the Obamas. You want to know the difference? That's the difference. That's why I have a problem with the FBI. Because people like James Comey and Christopher Ray and this idiot who will probably end up leading the ATF. We'll talk about him next hour. They're more, they're more concerned about book deals and great press and making moolah. But when something like the Bidens, their criminality, their incompetence, and the damage they've done in only four months, five months, is staring you right in the face, how do you ignore that? You can't. And we have a woke administration that is obsessed with ridiculousness. Let me give you another example. The U.S. State Department is also using the American embassies for wokeness and critical race theory, etc. An internal cable reveals that the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has authorized, and I want to stress, not required, but authorized that U.S. embassies around the world can fly the Black Lives Matter flag and or banner. The authorization is part of the administration's response to the one-year anniversary of the death of George Floyd. Now, the death of George Floyd sparked mass rioting and violence in cities like Minneapolis, right? But then two nights ago, the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's death sparked riots in Portland, Oregon. Destructive riots. Yet, as we talked about yesterday, the justice was swift regarding the person who took George Floyd's life. It was swift. An arrest in two weeks. Investigation. Conviction. He's in prison probably the rest of his life. And... Over $30 million between GoFundMe and uh, suing the city of Minneapolis and winning $27 million. Now, I'm not saying that can replace a person's death. But when you want to talk justice, imagine if everybody got that kind of justice. Imagine if everybody that was attacked, the criminal was arrested in two weeks and in less than a year put in jail. And huge payoff. So to me... This is a rubbing your nose issue in it. 
this is not a we really should tell the people at our embassy in Italy that black lives matter. I think it's absurd, but this is the direction we're going in. And when you let socialists take over, what do you think is going to happen? We'll be right back. You know, forget trying to convince somebody with science when you can buy them. I'm sure you heard by now about Vaximillion. Vaximillion was what the governor of Ohio came up with. They partnered with Mega Millions Ohio, and they set up two lotteries. Everybody that gets the COVID experimental injection is entered to win a million dollars, and every week in Ohio, someone will win one million dollars. How about that? That makes sense, right? Right? Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com dot com slash b-u-c-k use my name buck as your promo code for 10 percent off your first order you're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price bear creek arsenal.com slash buck use the name buck to get that 10 percent off your first order there is a great evil taking place in our society since 1973 over 64 million babies lives have been taken Preborn is dedicated to saving these precious lives, and every day the staff members at Preborn Clinics rescue 200 babies and help women in crisis by sharing light, love, and a free ultrasound. That changed my life, just from that ultrasound picture. You see, when an expectant mother meets her precious baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life for her baby. Would you join me 
and preborn in rescuing babies' lives. One ultrasound is just $28, and for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds helping to rescue five babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn. Hour three, glad you're listening to the EIB Network on the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name is Ken. And uh, a moment ago we were talking about, before we, before we get to the latest climate terror, I call it climate terror because that's what it is. When you teach third and fourth graders that the world is going to end probably when they're in their teens, Unless mommy drives a car made of feathers and plastic. That's climate terror. But I want to go back to this uh, lotto thing. This this is crazy. A lottery to incentivize people to get the vaccine. Now, I remember, this was a couple weeks ago that uh, Governor Mike DeWine announced this program to get Ohioans vaccinated as an incentive. And the incentive was this, and it continues for another month. Five weeks, every week, a million-dollar drawing. The only people that can enter are people who get vaccinated. I know it sounds like discrimination, but it's never discrimination if the government's doing it or if the left is doing it. And I know Governor Mike DeWine is a Republican. So every week, there's going to be a drawing for a million bucks of vaccinated people. And children 12 to 17, if you get a vaccination in Ohio, and I just noticed New York is doing it as well, but here's how it works in Ohio. Every week, there's a drawing of young people aged 12 to 17 who received vaccinations and you could win a full-ride college scholarship. That includes tuition, room, board, books, the whole thing. Just like if your dad was Mitt Romney. You get the whole thing. Well, how do, how do I get into it? You just got to take the experimental injection. That's it. And you're in. And then New York jumped on board. They're doing 50 full-ride scholarships to people between 12 and 17. And they had the winner. The first winner was a 22-year-old girl. I mean young woman, excuse me, 22-year-old. She just won a million dollars the day before yesterday. Oh, my God! Now, here's what I don't like about this, and this this is such a progressive leftist load of garbage, okay? Uh... What type of incentive is this when we don't spend time telling people, if you do this, you can get that as far as if you you achieve, if you succeed, if you work towards something, you study hard, if you're in this contest, uh, you make it a scholarship, if you help write a book, whatever it may be. No. Just get vaccinated and you might win a million bucks or 
get vaccinated, and you might get a full scholarship. But once again, here's why I think it's leftist garbage. What about all the kids that are working hard, making the grades, and they're trying to get a scholarship, they're trying to get into a good college, but maybe they don't want to get the vaccine. Maybe their parents say, you know, I'm a little uneasy. He's, you know, he's got asthma. He's got this or she's got that, whatever. So, and we've been healthy, knock on wood all year. Well, you don't get a chance at the scholarship because that's how communism works. So get used to it. Welcome. But that's always, that's always the last stop of government, especially progressives, isn't it? If we can't get someone to do something, we'll buy it. You know, meet us on Election Day for a free breakfast, and we'll help you go through your ballot. (laughs) Remember that? Here's a gift card from such and such a company. But you need to fill out this ballot. Here, we're going to pick you up in a van. We're going to take you to the precinct. We're going to give you coffee and donuts. But you see these people we marked on this chart? you got to vote for them. At the end of the day, when your argument fails, when your ideology is rejected, when you have no evidence or fact, whether it's political, medical, economical, you just buy people. That's it. That's it. How do you think so many of these people in the news media ended up flipping against Trump? Fox was just running all the different headlines that called people that said the coronavirus came from Wuhan, called them conspiracy theorists. And how dare Senator so-and-so even bring this up? How dare Senator so-and-so say that this could have come from Wuhan? Do you realize he's undermining not only our foreign policy, but he's making horrible accusations, and by God, it's racist. And now... They're trying to scrub all those stupid remarks off social media. It shouldn't be hard. You got me off of social media. You probably got knocked off of social media. And now they're all going in the other direction. We demand an investigation. That's your job, actually. That's what's so funny. And that's why the news media is so lame, for the most part. Not everybody, but most of them. They expect everybody else to do the legwork. You want to know why citizen journalists and and online journalists and YouTube journalists are so successful right now and breaking more news than any major news network? Because they're hustling. You don't have to hustle at a major news network. The script comes in. It goes up on the teleprompter. You repeat it, and then you go have drinks and a nice dinner. That's it. There is no calling and there is no going to the border. Kamala Harris hasn't even been at the border yet. Most of the people that are reporting the border to you have never been at the border. I've never been at the border. Most people that report on things not only don't know what they're talking about, they're comfortable just saying what they have to say. But, yeah, I do think it's despicable that Some kids get to enter for the free scholarship, but some kids don't. 
I just think that's a terrible incentive. If you do what we tell you, you have a chance to succeed. And see, that's, that's so far from what America's all about. You know, you want to buy a lottery ticket, and then the money goes to help the elderly in the state or whatever. I know for a while it went to uh, anti-smoking efforts, etc. Totally understand it. But again, I always think of the person, and most people do, that young person doing the right thing, working hard, being honest, staying on course. And they're always getting passed up by liberal ideas. Liberal ideas always make it worse for that person. I mean, how many... Just to go off track for a second, but this just this is the week that this is happening as far as the George Floyd thing. How many big pictures of law enforcement people or or people that did something extremely heroic have you seen on the side of buildings in major urban areas? No, you you see people that were involved in the police, not just at the time of their death, which is tragic, but they were involved in the police. It was a lifelong thing. And once they're, once they become a saint, whether it's Michael Brown or George Floyd, once that happens, you're not allowed to talk about anything that preceded that. And then they can continue painting on the street. On the street, they paint defund the police. And those are the cities where crime is going through the roof. It's the most ironic thing you can imagine. The... Remaining police officers, their their sirens screaming toward a crime, trying to protect American citizens, and they're driving over a sign that says, defund the police, this is an autonomous, autonomous area, this is the Black Lives Matter square, or this is the Black Lives Matter region of the city. You can't come in here, unless, of course, we dial 911 and we need you. Then, then you better show up. Or we'll be complaining about it. I think we have time for one more uh, thing here. Is uh, well, yeah, we do. I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about this, and then uh, what we'll do is, in a moment, we'll have Russia's take on it. But very quickly, something else that you may have seen recently: the envoy for climate change is John Kerry, the climate advisor is Gina McCarthy. Now, Gina McCarthy just said yesterday, right now it's too much to ask Americans to sacrifice for climate or climate change. Yet, she also said eight months ago that climate is the most significant public health issue of our time. The problem people have with liberals is which is it? What what did the focus group say last night so you would say a certain thing this morning? Now, we know right now the Washington Post is all about investigating Wuhan, even though they were all against people that wanted to investigate Wuhan for the last 15 months. We know that most people that are anti-police, they've got 911 memorized. We know that most climate advisors, see, someone said to her, yeah, don't mention the climate thing now. It tests, it tests terrible, you know. 
Crime is through the roof. The economy is terrible. The border is a disaster. Biden's a bumbling fool. The last thing we want to do now is start dumping the green demands on them. So let's do that another time. Yet these are the same people that less than a year ago, climate is the most significant public issue. Remember how many times Obama said that? It was ridiculous. The greatest risk of our time? Have you ever been in Chicago or Philadelphia at 3 a.m.? Do you think the problem there... When you're lost in one of those major <laughs> progressive Democrat-run cities at 3 a.m. In, in the morning with an out-of-state tag, you think the biggest problem is climate change? Wow. We'll be right back. EIB Network, the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name's Ken Matthews, your guide for today as we wrap up Hour 3. Glad you're tuning in. A moment ago we were talking about the constant flip-flopping of just about every issue that initially we're told is just so important, no matter what it is, especially from the Biden regime. But this has gone on for years. Part of the reason it's so hard to push back against the uh, the climate change cult, and it is a cult if you look up the definition. These people that are so invested in climate change is the root of all evil. That's the problem. Many of us just think it's weather because it has been pushed from on high from international organizations. Many have been exposed as fraudulent, but it doesn't matter. That's something that's never ceased to amaze me. No matter how many times the UN lies to us, the United Nations or the World Health Organization or the, the, the climate this, or the, the, the folks at Davos, or no matter how many times all the richest, supposedly smartest people get together on the globe and they say, here's what you're going to do in Arkansas, here's how you're going to do it in Idaho, and you folks in Florida better do it this way. And the left always embraces that because it means control. That's that's the end game. And they do it over and over and over. And we keep wondering, when is anybody going to do any research in the media and correct them? Here's Rush. Here we go. Repeating history for the young generation that doesn't know any better. United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change said over the weekend we have 10 years to prevent a total climate disaster. This is the third time in 30 years they have said we have 10 years. You add Al Gore to it, it makes it four times. And Ted Danson makes it five times. As I said, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCCC, we have a decade to prevent a total climate disaster. You know where I saw this? I mean, it's out there, but I saw this in one of my tech blogs. Tech blogs make up of young, leftist, idealistic, millennial journalists who have no concept of history. And they're just now recycling it. In 1985, Sacramento, California, I'm watching this week with David Brinkley on ABC. And there's this guy on there named Oppenheimer Oppenheimer. And he's a still out there, well-known climate scientist expert. And he was saying, we've only got 20 years. 
1985, folks. We've only got 20 years. 20 years. If we don't act, our world will forever change in ways which we will not recognize. And I got the usual list of all these things are going to happen. Rising sea levels, melting ice caps and glaciers. Florida would be overrun. New York City would be overrun. The middle of the country would be all desert. Nobody would be able to live. We're going to have pollution as far as the eye can see. We were all going to die, and we only had 20 years. And Brinkley said, is this established? And I said, well, no, no, but we can't afford to wait. We can't take the chance that we're wrong. We must. We must take action now. What was action? Raising taxes. Hating fossil fuel companies. Doing wind farms. By the way, there's a story from last week. Wind farms will cause more environmental impact than previously thought. This was on an environmental website. This was not a conservative political website. Wind farms. But back then, back in 1985, we had 20 years. We didn't have time to wait. We couldn't prove it. And then Al Gore said we had 10 years. We started our 10-year countdown clock at RushLimbaugh.com. Then Ted Danson said in 88, we got 10 years to clean the oceans or we're going to die. And the global warming environmentalist wackos, 10 years later, said we got 10 years. So here come my little tech bloggers. And the United Nations has said, okay, we've got 10 years. And to them, it's the first time they've heard it. We're recycling the lies. We're recycling the scare tactics. By 2030, we as a collective 7 billion humans will know our fate, or at the very least, the fate of the most vulnerable among us. A landmark report released on Sunday sets the clock ticking for humanity and its quest to keep global warming to within 1.5 degrees Celsius, the pre-industrial levels. The report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change outlines what a world warmed by 1.5 degrees Celsius would look like compared with the 2 degrees Celsius warmer world enshrined in the Paris Agreement. If we fail, the poorest among us will suffer the most. Well, notice how everything gets recycled. Women and the poor, hardest hit. Doesn't matter what issue, doesn't matter what calamity, women and the poor hardest hit. They're just recycling the lies, folks. But here we have young tech bloggers eating it up. Getting scared to death, by the way. They believe this stuff. They think we've got 10 years. Life on Earth will not be known, not be seen, will not be able to continue as we know it today. So they end up supporting all this junk, all this blabbering, drivel junk. They end up supporting it because they're scared out of their gourds. And in addition to the fear, I love the fact that Rush points out how much recycling is done on the left. Because truly, I think conservatives really treat the earth better than leftists. But one thing the left does recycle, as Rush pointed out, is the same lies over and over and over and over and over and over. Over and over. Over. And nobody follows up and checks it. The other thing that drives me crazy is rags like the Washington Post, they'll repeat a lie, they'll headline the lie, they'll do panels on the lie, and then when it's proven to be a lie, they don't even change it. 
or correct it. They just keep it going. It's still in the textbooks. It's still in the schools. They're still having, you know, these seminars for the high schoolers about how bad the combustion engine is. Here's a headline from today. Another summer of California power outages poses a threat to Newsom as he faces a recall. So how long has the the power outages been going on? Why can't the liberals do anything? By now, you've heard that uh, Chris Cuomo, he's the uh, the weightlifter that gets upset. If you call him Fredo, that's Chris. Uh and he's brothers, uh, he's the brother to Andrew. And Andrew wrote the book because in, in Andrew Cuomo's mind, he believed he was handling the pandemic flawlessly. And then the dead bodies started turning up, you know, some of them based on decisions he made. But anyway, he basically was uh talking to his brother about issues that would have been a conflict for any journalist. Now, thank goodness, Chris Cuomo is not a journalist. So there's no problem. That takes care of that. We were worried at first, but he's not. Uh, Chris Cuomo is part of the comedy duo Chris and Andy, which is often on CNN when the original comedy duo, Anderson Cooper and Don Lemming, are unable to to perform, you know, the split screen, uh, big cotton, you know, Q-tip swabs and a lot of comedy, stupid comments and the typical stuff you get from CNN, Comedy News Network. So, but seriously, if you're wondering why Andrew Cuomo is Teflon, he's like the Teflon Don in New York, he's pretty connected um, I don't know how soon people will find out how connected he is, but when they do, they're going to be angrier than they already are at Cuomo. They might be angrier at Cuomo than they are at de Blasio, and that's tough. That's tough to do. But if you're asking yourself, like, you know, my parents say this a lot, they'll watch something and go, how does he get away with that? And we all know, if you know the right people, that the same way Hunter gets away with stuff, the same way Hillary gets away with stuff. And I and mark my words, we the people are so fed up with person after person after person after person skating on our backs. And that's what's been happening, whether it's my governor, Governor Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania, or Cuomo, or Whitmer in Michigan, Newsom in California. Murphy in New Jersey. I just think it's going to be a rough year politically for all these people. I think Americans are, they're waking up, and it's interesting because at the top of the show today, we played a soundbite from uh, James Carville, and he talked about how arrogant and elite and smug the leftists are, and that pretty much, that's the Cuomos. Here's Rush. And the blue state idiocy is epitomized by Andrew Cuomo. Good grief what this guy has done. Folks, try this headline here. New York City starts historic overnight subway shutdowns for virus-linked disinfecting. 
So Andrew Cuomo goes to a subway car, many of which have been taken over by blue state homeless who are infecting people left and right. And he goes up there and he starts spraying disinfectant on a subway car. And he starts talking about why this is revolutionary, why we've never done this before. Who knew that you could disinfect a subway car? Who knew you could disinfect a sub? Do you disinfect your toilet at home, Governor? Did you grow up not knowing how that happened? Did your mom disinfect the toilet? Or did a maid come in and do you have any idea how cleanliness happened? The guy was shocked and stunned you could disinfect a subway car. So now he's getting heralded as being a great governor for disinfecting the New York City subway. After not disinfecting it, it was one of the greatest condensations of close proximity people. It was a breeding ground for the virus. And this ace kept it open, said they had to keep it open because all the essential jobs and services people need the subway to get to work. Well, that and his nursing home debacle is why New York leads the country in infections and deaths. And yet this guy is heralded as the next Democrat savior, the next Democrat nominee. It's absurd. It's obscene. The media makes heroes out of genuine dunces who have put people in this country at great risk. And it mocks and laughs at and impugns genuine, competent, serious people who have been doing a great job, as in these red state governors, many of whom who didn't even see the need to shut down. New York City's subway system, the nation's largest, went silent in the early morning hours Wednesday as the normally round-the-clock system shut down for train disinfecting. Service was curtailed in late March, but is now being stopped entirely from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. every day. Get this, it's the first time in 115 years... Service hasn't been 24-7, except in times of emergency. And Governor Andrew Cuomo says that there's no way to know when service will return to normal. Of course not. He's only the governor. He doesn't know Jack. I mean, this is just flat-out amazing. And then we haven't even talked about this guy put infected people in nursing homes. And see, the thing is, these blue state failures, these... Arrogant, conceited, liberal elites who have caused this country more trouble than you can possibly imagine are built up, heralded, converted into heroes. So true. When you have the news media, either in your pocket or they're in your pocket or someone's not wearing pockets, maybe they're sharing the same pair of pants. I don't know. I don't want to be multi-gendered about it at this point. But when they're... When they have your back, you can do anything. So let's not forget the fatal five. I've talked about this on the show before. The five governors with the most bad pandemic decisions all run the states with the worst death rate, the worst economy, the worst crime, and the worst recovery. And they are Governor Wolf, the governor of my state. Governor Cuomo, New York. Governor Murphy, New Jersey. Governor Whitmer, Michigan. Governor Newsom, California. And then the a lot of the other Democratic governors line up behind them. They're right behind them. They're actually fighting for position. The thing about what Rush said with the subway, of course it was correct. Democrats get the benefit of the doubt, and they only get the good coverage from the news media. Unless something is so blatant that the news media has to come out and do a story. 
And a lot of people were wondering, why did it take so long to clean all the germs and yuck off the subway? And as someone who regularly rode the subway up until about a year and a half ago, whenever I was in New York working, uh, there's a lot of yucky yuck on it. You know, I certainly wouldn't lick the railing in the subway. But then on the other hand, when there's a virus going around, even the flu, I don't even know if I would take the subway. And that's the problem. He waited. He was not penalized for that. And then when he did it, like Rush said, they made him a hero. And... Little by little, the facts are coming out, and people are going to see who did what and why. Who was motivated by money? Who was motivated by politics? Who was motivated by union pressure? All this is going to come out. And I would start with those five states, and I would start with the fatal five governors. Start there, work your way down, and then look at a place like Texas or Florida. Florida has become a magnet for everybody with a brain because the state is run well under Governor DeSantis. I cannot believe it's Thursday already, and we're heading into Memorial Day weekend. Are you going to see family members this Memorial Day weekend? Hopefully they're the ones you want to see. Or are there plans for a family reunion this summer? If your state governor has allowed such events... You may want to bring along the family memories. Now, here's how you do it. You know all those family films and videotapes stored away? You can digitally transfer them all with the help of Legacy Box. Here's Rush with the details. You ever notice how large the collection of family photos and videotapes start to get after a couple decades? It's kind of axiomatic. Every family's got somebody that takes pictures, shoots video, and hardly anybody ever sees it. But you've got it. You take it to have it. You keep it because it's for posterity. You want to accumulate the memories. And you do it for a long time. But nobody ever sees this. And after a real long time, it's on formats that nobody can watch anymore, even if you want to. Who's got Super 8 or Betamax anymore? Who's got VHS? Who's got 16 millimeter, whatever? Nobody has that stuff anymore. So how do you watch this stuff? You don't. But now there's a way to see it all. It's called Legacy Box. Legacy Box will take all of that stuff on all those old formats. Betamax, VHS, Super 8 Films, Slide, 16mm, whatever you've got. And they will digitally transfer it to DVD or thumb drive or digital download for you. They'll do it, whatever the size of stuff you've got, they can get this done in about two weeks or so. They keep you advised of the process as it's going. You get the best quality possible. Once you get it back, you can copy it, organize it, duplicate it, give it to everybody in your family on a format that people can watch today. And much of this stuff is going to be memories, videos, films that nobody has ever seen. Legacybox.com is the website. Simply go to Legacybox.com slash rush. Do that. You'll save 50% off the service fee. They'll send you the box that's shielded and protected You put all the stuff in it and send it back. Then they start the digital transfer. You can't do this at home. The equipment's too expensive. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't take the time. Legacy Box does it. They use overnight shipping to track everything carefully. LegacyBox.com slash rush.
800-282-2882, the EIB Network. My name's Ken Matthews, your guide host for the day on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Today's EIB High Note is it about, it's about an ordinary American doing an extraordinary thing. When I saw this story, I was so energized because it seems like everybody has a great bus driver story. They come in all shapes and sizes, bus drivers. And Rhode Island bus driver El Dorada, or Ellie Giblin, was driving a route last month when she spotted a man on a bridge who appeared to be preparing to jump. She stopped her bus immediately. She got out. Giblin said, immediately, people just had their phones out and were taking pictures and video. She said, that broke my heart. I told passengers not to worry and that I would be right back. Ellie approached the man who yelled, no one cares. They just don't care. She told him she cared, and as proof, she invited him to join her on her next break from work. The man pulled away from the railing. She made him pinky swear that he would not harm himself. When she returned to her bus, the passengers broke into applause. Ellie is not only one of those individuals Rush spoke of who make the country work. She is also one of those individuals who make it better. And things like this happen every single day in this country. Here's Rush. What is American exceptionalism? It's not that we're better people. It's not that we're smarter. It's not that we have an advantage because of our geography, because we clearly don't. So what is it that sets us apart? And there's one answer. And it's found in the Declaration of Independence. We are all endowed by our creator. So we acknowledge God as a country. When we were founded, we acknowledge God. We were all created. We are all endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Undeniable, they're just there. And they come from the creator among them, but not just life. Liberty. Pursuit of happiness. That's pretty simple to me. Those three things, the acknowledgement of our creation by God, a loving God, that our creation, that our spirit has this natural yearning to be free and to be happy, and that there's nothing wrong with either of those. There's nothing wrong with being created, nothing wrong with being happy or trying to be, and there's certainly nothing wrong with living. It was that codification that made one crucial thing possible. And that is for ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. Not the smartest, not the brightest, not the well-born, not the richest. Ordinary. This is a nation that became the greatest nation in human history. However many hundreds of thousands, billions, whatever years you want to say we've been plodding the, the earth. Ordinary people accomplishing extraordinary things made possible by the fact that our country was founded acknowledging that our freedom comes from God, not from a government, and not from some other man or some other woman. It does not come from a demagogue. It does not come from somebody promising to take care of us. It inspired people to produce, to take care of themselves and anybody else that needed it in their community via their church or whatever neighborhood organization they happen to belong to. And that's what's been lost 
Too many people think that without government doing the right things, we can't succeed. And the government, when run by people like running it now, get in the way and make it possible, impossible for ordinary people to do anything extraordinary. Thanks so much for tuning in today. My name's Ken Matthews. By the way, the probable ATF director, David Chipman, wants to outlaw the AR-15. Check out the photos of Mr. Chipman that I have on my Gab page, gab.com forward slash Ken Matthews. And ask yourself, is this the guy you want in charge of alcohol, tobacco, and firearms? I'll see you tomorrow for Open Line Friday. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 